Hey, you're listening to The Weekly Bakay, hosted by Toby, Jasmine, and Sophie. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Bakay. It's just me, Sophie, today. Jasmine and Toby will not be joining me on this episode. I think we're going to try to do something new, and I'm going to take the reins, no pun intended, but I'm going to take the reins and treat you guys to something a little different. I've never been able to basically use my educational background of women's gender and communications and talk to you guys something about um, something that I'm super passionate about. Yes, I'm really interested in pop culture and what's popping in pop culture, but today I wanted to talk something that's a little bit more related to my educational background and kind of enlighten you guys a little bit. So please don't be disappointed that we're not talking about pop culture. I promise you next week we will dive back into pop culture and all the Kardashians and all the super exciting stuff that's been happening within our society. But today I want to introduce you someone that I find super important to women hi- women's history, and that's Sylvia Plath. Many of you might know her and her influence, but I just want to let you guys know a little bit um, of what I've learned in a couple of my courses. So Sylvia Plath is this amazing American poet, and she was born in 1932, and she passed away in 19 th- 1963 of this horrific suicide. I definitely don't want to take you guys down that road. If you're super interested in it, I definitely recommend you guys to Google her death. It's a, it's kind of gory, but hey, if you're into spooky shit, because it is October, I recommend you guys to see how she passed away. Um, there's plenty of theories and articles that are surrounding her death, so you probably won't have an issue with that. But she was an American poet, known for her unique style of confessional writing. Um, she is also known for writing the female body and created many definitions of pregnancy, and that's something that I definitely wanted to dive in today and talk about. Um, because for the longest time, men have been the forerunners in doing creative writing and to have creative platforms. And Sylvia Plath, I'm not saying she's like the first person to pioneer this idea of women's creativity, but she definitely pushed through the glass ceiling of writing her own narratives because men have been writing the narrative of women, women's pregnancy, women's bodies, their history. And so I think it's amazing that I think that it's amazing that she's writing her own narrative. So I'm going to read this poem to you all. It's called Your. Um, I'm not going to be annotating the poetry today, but feel free if you want to look up this poetry. Um, you can just Google Your and you'll probably find plenty of platforms to read it off of. No lectures here, but I want to, refa- um, I want to rephrase to you guys her work and the power that it holds. So Your. I'm re- this is my dramatic reading of Your. Clown-like happiest on your hands, feet to the stars and moon schooled, gilded like a fish, a common sense, thumbs down on the dodo's mode, wrapped up in yourself like a spool, trawling your dark as owls do, mute as a turnip from the 4th of July to All Fool's Day, oh high riser, my little loaf, vague as fog and looked for like mail, farther off than Australia. Bent back, Atlas, our traveled prawn. Snug as a bud and at home, like a sprat in a pickle jug. A creel of eels, all ripples. Jumpy as a Mexican bean, bright like a well-done sum. A clean slate with your own face on. It's a beautiful poetry, or a beautiful poem about 
um, in my interpretation, an unborn baby that's in the womb, so a fetus. And this poem alludes to the insights of a joyous pregnancy. And this is a type of confessional writing that is so crucial to women's history. Um, like I said before, histri historically men have encompassed the creativity and have often wrote about women and pe pregnancy through their limited mindset. And on, the, on this podcast, we have discussed the importance of having accurate and organic representation within media. And this is why I see Sylvia Plath, this is why I find that Sylvia Plath is so crucial for women to have, so crucial because she created a platform for women to have creativity and representation in literature. Um, this specific poem creates a certain imagery of pregnancy. The main character depicted is, is an unborn baby. Um, the construction of this poem captures an essence of pregnancy from the perspective of Plath. I find that she's writing from her own mindset and how pregnancy at this time in her life is. And this is a form of confessional writing, um, which helps reveal a certain truth about a person. But as the audience, I think we need to remember that this truth is not always to be thought of everything, right? That this truth that Plath is writing in a confessional way isn't 100% true for her always or at this time. I just think it's a way for her to have an outlet. Um, and it's common to see this type of writing through pregnancy and childbirth, and especially through her experiences of having two children. Um, the description of the fetus isn't gendered, and I think that's super interesting because now, nowadays in society, you see all these gender reveals, and um, is it a boy or is it a girl, and like, society is kind of shaping into this way of having a non-binary. And I'm not sitting here and trying to tell you guys that we shouldn't be living in like a gender binary, and we shouldn't, it shouldn't just be men and women, but all these genders. Um, I just find that this writing is so particular and we see these types of confessional writing a lot in our society or within ourselves and um, Plath is just a prime example of how confessional writing can be so beautiful and through literature and through the empowerment of women. Um, Plath has definitely capitalized on her platform and even to this day in 2018 I'm still learning about her and being memorized by her work. Um, she definitely, definitely throws in, throw, shows imagery through a non-binary lens. The second piece of work from Plath I want to bring to attention is called Nick and the Candlestick. Um, this, <laughs> this poem is completely different than your. It's doesn't, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a trigger warnings for anyone, um, but I want to address that it as a very ominous poem. So this is my reading of Nick and the Candlestick. It's kind of longer, so I hope you enjoy it. I am a miner. The light burns blue. Waxy, waxy stalactites drip and thicken tears. The earthen womb exudes from its, from its dead boredom. Black bat airs wrap me, raggy shawls, cold homicides. They well to me like plums. Old cave of calcium, icicles, old echoer. Even the newts are white. These holy joes and the fish. The fish cries for their panes of ice. A vice of knives, a piranha. Religion drinking. It's first communion out of, communion out of my live toes. The candle. Gulps and recovers its small altitude. It's yellow, heartened. Oh love, how did you get here? Oh embryo, remembering even in sleep your cross position. The blood blooms clean. In you, Ruby, the pain you wake is not yours. Love, love, 
I have hung our cave with roses, with soft rugs. The last of Victoriana, let the stars plummet to their dark address. Let the mercuric atoms that cripple drip into the terrible well. You are the one Saul the spaces lean on, envious. You are the baby in the barn. Now, as you guys can see from this reading, this is a very difficult or a different and difficult feel in comparison to your. Um, this is an, also another example of confessional writing. Uh, in my interpretation, this reflects on the harsh aspects of childbirth. Um, for the longest time, the common themes surrounding pregnancy are happy and miraculous. Now, these aren't necessarily wrong interpretations of pregnancy. I think it is amazing that women can bear children, but it isn't a walk in the park to have children, to go through the steps of childbirth and to raise a child. Um, so these can be depicted, uh, mostly these ideas, they can be depicted by men because of the lack of obvious biological characteristics to bear children. So when women were, or men were writing these narratives of women in their pregnancy, they were coming from their mindset, but then you have creators and um, artists like Plath who write from their perspective, uh, which is kind of inaccurate because men don't have the biological characteristics to bear children, so they kind of have a limited like standpoint mindset. Um, these types of tropes aren't realistic to, well, these types of tropes of miraculous, happy, aren't always consistent and aren't realistic to um, the tropes of childbirth. This poem shows the cruel and solemn aspects of pregnancy, childbirth, parenthood, anything you name it. Plath created a platform to women, for women to express their insecurities of bearing children or being scared to put their bodies through this process, especially in the times of women's oppression um, during this time in the 1900s, or the 20, uh, yeah, 1900s, 20th century. Women were getting pregnant and not wanting to stay pregnant. A lot of access to birth control was an issue, or too much access of birth control in the sense of like eugenics within the black women community. Um, there really wasn't a lot of options for women to not be pregnant, and it was a scary time, especially when the economy isn't booming. You have to have finances to raise a child. So I think Plath's kind of writing from a perspective of it's hard to raise a child to bear children when you don't want to. And there's, a, there's limited access to not have children. And, and even in today's society, there's still an argument of what birth control, the access to birth control, who can get birth control, who cannot get birth control. As you guys see in society, the whole Planned Parenthood issue. And you guys can take that, your perspectives or your identities towards Planned Parenthood and the oppression of women. but. Um, we always say like history repeats itself and I think we're kind of still seeing this cycle of oppression through um, reproductive systems now. So um, Plath offers this poem as a completely different perspective because there are terrors that, that aren't necessarily discussed in pregnancy and a lot of literature that's been written. Um, these two works of your Nick and the Candlestick have juxtaposed themselves and there are tons of religious references uh, which you can take as your own. I highly recommend you guys to look at Sylvia Plath's work and maybe annotate it. There's nothing wrong with reading literature and trying to understand it in your own perspective. Um, I don't want to annotate today because that's a lot of work, but just my perspectives and the power of women and how amazing they are. Um, with that being said, the specific interpretations of this poem aren't something that I um, 
like I said, I want to discuss with you guys, but feel free, you can contact me, you know where my social handles are. Um, but I want to bring to the forefront of creative women that aren't in the front line of 21st century creativity or don't follow the lines of popular culture. I know this podcast, we've talked mostly about popular culture and the, win, uh, the women that stick out to, in popular culture, but if it wasn't for women like Plath that were creators and that built this platform, we don't know where our, our JK Rowling's or our Beyonce's would be today. Um, creativity is a huge platform and it's not just an artist or someone that writes fictional novels that have crazy success. It's someone that started from the beginning and made a way for people, like, like a pioneer. And I think Sylvia Plath is a perfect example of a, a pioneer. Um, and, I, and in comparison of these two pieces of literature, they differ in values of pregnancy. We have your, which depicts pregnancy in this clumsy, fun, bright light that makes pregnancy seem so airy and luminous. And then you have Nick and the Candlestick that's droggy, and it sounds like a nursery rhyme, but it's filled with all these creepy references. Um, you know, I've presented two different images of pregnancy to you guys that are constructed through brilliant, the brilliant mind of Sylvia Plath. Um, she explored the ideas of what pregnancy can look like and can be described as. And there isn't a consistent use of pregnancy throughout literature because of women like Plath, who pushed their boundaries and created a platform where women can write confessionally and be creative. And no, and no longer are men writing women's histories and struggles. And um, I think Plath is a perfect example of a badass woman that's like pushing through that glass ceiling and like changing the way that women can create and be seen as in society. Um, there's plenty of platforms that are still male dominated now and today. So I think with the exposure of Plath and like us understanding her pioneership to make us be more um, willing to create or willing to do what you want to do. You never know who in 70 years is going to be looking back on your work or your um, platform and be like, wow, like this woman really stood out. So I think if you guys really liked this type of episode where we kind of like shout out badass women that weren't really in the forefront or not super popular, then you guys should like leave a comment and maybe we can start a series of like boss women that have changed society a little by little and have left a domino effect because now that I've started to be educated about Sylvia Plath and look at her in a more analytical way um, through like my coursework and my educational background, I find that there's tons of women that were in the background that have really made an impact on who we are today, how creativity is seen, how women are being seen, what kind of platforms are acceptable for women. And I think today, like, we still kind of have the same issues. So being educated on women like Sylvia Plath is super interesting. Now, Sylvia Plath, is, Plath isn't, like, the most perfect human. You guys, should, like I said, should definitely check out the way that she um, died. It's really just eerie. And you know it's that it's that month. It's October, so I would check it out. Um, and so I'm even though Toby and Jasmine aren't here, which is so weird recording without them. It's like really I don't know. It's something that I'm <laughs> not used to. But I'm obviously going to do like what I've been listening to the to this week in the weekly playlist. So um, this week I've really been. I'm kind of like in like the fall mood, so I've been listening to a little bit of Moe's EP, um, spe specifically Turn Your Heart to Stone, love that song. It, the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to this for 35 weeks straight, um, which I have been, and I will continue to listen to that song for the rest of my life. And then also I've 
came across this new artist called Ralph, and she was in featured in, in a Toby song, not like Toby, like on the podcast Toby, but like Toby the artist. Um, and the song's called Girl Next Door, and I was like, this artist, she's amazing. And so I listened to, she just released an album this year, her name's Ralph, and I've been listening to Gimme, um, to um, Cold to the Touch. She has an amazing album, and I think that you guys should like definitely check her out. Um, and just for an, another warning, I'm not trying to push this binary of men versus women. Men and women are always pitted against each other, but I just find it imperative to appreciate and select women in our society um, and give them the props that they deserve. So, um, just like I'm gonna give props to Jasmine and Toby. Toby's out there doing her thing, living her best life in Germany. I'm so proud of her. And Jasmine's just appreciating me and I'm appreciating her. She has always been on my back, or been by my side and kind of like lit a fire underneath my ass and like me doing like this podcast by myself. They've been so supportive and they're super excited to hear this. So shout out to Toby and Jasmine. I'm super proud of your guys' work. Um, and I hope you enjoy this podcast, but you guys can always um, give us a shout out, leave us a question on, on our website at theweeklybakay.strikingly.com. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, um, and leave a review. You can, re- you can listen to this podcast um, on Google Play, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get your um, information from, your podcast, and this has it. This has been it for this week's weekly bake. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, have a good rest of your week. We'll be back next week, I promise. Bye.